Welcome in, everyone. Episode 181 of Inside Illini Basketball. No, I am not Jim Rosso. Uh, this is Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, filling in for Jim. He's a busy man these days, just like Scott Ritchie, our Illinois men's basketball beat writer. As we record this on a late Monday morning, the sun is shining here in Champaign. It is freezing outside. I think it, it's colder in Minneapolis, though. It is colder. And, Scott, the good thing is... As I'm of, actually going. You're actually going to Minneapolis uh, after... Um, after some scheduling reshuffling because of that darn pandemic that just won't go away. But as of right now, again, we live in a fluid world where things are subject to change at all times. But Illinois is going to play basketball again, Scott, on, on Tuesday night, 6 p.m. tip up at Minnesota Williams Arena. Brad Underwood talked this morning for the first time since the bragging rights win on December 22nd. Yeah, well, I mean, he did... I guess talk public, well, not even publicly, to us at least, because he had his radio show Fair. last Monday. But, yeah, it, and when Illinois plays Minnesota, it'll been almost two weeks since they played a basketball game, and that just feels very strange at this time of year. A lot um, to digest from this morning's Zoom press conferences that Brad Underwood and Trent Frazier had with various reporters gathered around their computer screens. So, Scott, you're the beat writer Fill us in on what you know. Okay, there's a lot. Um, I'm going to give the microphone to you. The floor is yours, Scott, for the next five minutes. Where to begin? Well, I guess we'll start with Brett Underwood expects to have all of his players available for the game at Minnesota, except Austin Hutcherson, who is out for the season, of course, and Andre Curbelo, who remains sidelined with, at this point, I don't know, something. <laughs> but he hasn't played since... November twenty third um, against Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State. So in Kansas City, that was, a, that was before Thanksgiving, Scott. A lifetime ago, <laughs> in a pandemic. Um, so that's something. Of course, that was as of Monday morning. So who knows? Once we you know actually get to historic Williams Arena, the barn. It's a, actually a pretty cool venue. Ninety four years old. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Like who's available. Um, but ten. Players did test positive for COVID nineteen. You know, after they returned from their you know three day holiday break, um, and everyone was tested because that was a university policy for every student. Doesn't matter if you're an athlete or not. To get back on campus, you had to test, and ten of them tested positive out of fifteen. Two thirds. It's good math there. Um, so what you're saying is they have five players that didn't. Yeah, and those five um, you know, did some individual workouts, lifted with Fletch every day, um, I think every day. Um, so really couldn't do uh, a lot. I go five on zero, but that's not useful, uh, I think. Five-man weave. I mean, I guess there, there's some utility to it. I mean, there's a lot of shooting, so... For a good shooting team, maybe they've just gotten better at that. Um, but like the and to be Christmas, clear, be clear, we don't know who those five are. We don't know the ten that tested positive. No, we don't I mean know. we do know that Trent Frazier, unless this was all subterfuge, then good for them. That Trent Frazier did not test positive because he talked about working with the five that were available and trying to figure out what they could do. So 
Um, he spoke like he was part of that group. Um, again, I mean, if they're just trying to pull the wool over, good job. Um, but the whole holiday break was a time. I mean, there's no classes. Mm-hmm. The players are like the only people on campus. And that time has typically been spent, you know, two a days and getting better. And they just never practiced. Um, now they've gotten a little bit of work in, you know, in advance, like they're practicing today mm-hmm. before they leave for Minneapolis. And so they've gotten a little work in, but they're going to go into Tuesday's game just kind of as is. And we've seen across the country, you know, teams that are coming off of a, a COVID pause haven't practiced much, and it's not always great. Um, so you're going to see, you might see some bad basketball tomorrow night, is what you're. Saying. Yeah, I mean, if you look like Seton Hall dropped two games last week after coming off of their pause, and like uh, Kevin Willard was like, this is what happens when you don't have the practice time, and maybe the other your opponent does. Um, so it's kind of a rough week for the Pirates. Uh, although Ohio State didn't play for, I think, almost like three weeks, and they did eventually beat Nebraska on Sunday night in overtime. Uh, the Cornhuskers really just kind of gave that one away, as they've been wont to do. Um, so I just I have no idea what to expect. Because um, we don't even know the who's going to play for Illinois. Yeah, yeah and like some players. Or how long they play, how Brad Underwood will manage his rotations. Some players might be playing wearing a mask. And we, that's okay, because high school basketball players have been doing that in the state of Illinois for almost a year. So. And I sort of anticipate that the college players might actually wear them, as opposed to the high school players that wear them around their chin. Um, it's because I think it'll be policed a little more. Uh, but that's, I mean, don't Just know. Just imagining the... Don't know if that'll be the case, but it's possible because there are some Illinois players that have, you know, per the new CDC guidelines, mm-hmm. are in their... Post five days of quarantine and into the five days of wear a mask. I, it's there's a lot of different rules and they're all being made up on the fly. Um, welcome to another year of this, but but the game, you know, as of Monday, it, it's going to happen. So that's you know, if you're trying to find a silver lining, there it is. Like basketball will be played, and only only lost a single game. It was against Florida A and M. No offense to the Rattlers, but eh, who cares? <laughs> like it would have been. I mean, good for Illinois to play mm-hmm. a game because that's you can improve when you play a game as well. And odds are they would have done fairly well against Florida A and M, but it could have been worse. And this the fact that Illinois was supposed to play Minnesota on Sunday, that game could have just been forfeit. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Big Ten finally got in line with the rest of you know all the, the power conferences and decided, well, we don't need to. Mm-hmm. have an automatic forfeit because you're going to end up forfeiting so many games because so many teams were going into a pause all at once. Um, so it's, we're just you know, kind of still in this and don't make hard and fast plans. So I found out, uh, including for travel, uh, but games will be played and well, there's maybe added- Illinois is like through the, like they got five players that I guess could still get hit because the mm-hmm. 10 like they don't they've got this 90-day window maybe that was last year's mm-hmm. protocol where they wouldn't have to be tested again but Illinois and this is what Brad Underwood said moving forward we'll only test players if they're symptomatic and I know some people have kind of been up in 
arms about that on the internet, but what? Never. Illinois, Illinois, before the mandated testing to get back on campus, Illinois wasn't like testing this mm-hmm. season. Like yeah. nobody was testing. There's lots of teams that still aren't tested. So it just puts them in line with everybody else and eh, who knows what that's going to mean. Well, and there's added layers to it as well this season because you're having fans back in arenas after not being there last season where Illinois basically operated their entire season under a quasi-bubble as best as they could. And they did really well. Didn't mm-hmm. ever have a time when they were a team that went into a COVID pause. And like you said, Scott, the, the rules and the guidelines seem to be ever-changing. You also have this wonderful thing called a vaccine that is out there, and it's Illinois is fully vaccinated. Yeah, right? On the, Brad on Underwood the made mention of that several times, that everyone at Auburn, mm-hmm. the whole program, vaccinated and um, working towards getting everyone with the booster as well. Some players have it. Some are not quite eligible just because of timing. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't get their you know, initial vaccines until a little bit after everybody else. So uh, it's work in progress. And as we will see play out here on Thursday night in Champaign, uh, the first Game at State Farm Center in almost two and a half weeks, and the first one under the new policy that the U of I adopted last week where all fans that will be in attendance either have to show proof of vaccination or proof of a negative test within Within the last 72 72 hours. hours. And I got a little more information on that today as well. Um, You can have, I mean, if you have your like physical vaccination card or physical test results, that's fine. You don't have to. You can have like a picture of it mm-hmm. as long as you have corresponding ID that says you are that person. You can't have Joe Schmo's test. No. Pass off um, so again, that accounts for either the vaccine card or a test result. And that they're going to allow fans into State Farm Center starting 90 minutes before the game. Um, I think as an attempt to get everybody in. Mm-hmm. It's gonna. It'll take the time it takes, so... I know the 6 p.m. start on Thursday against Maryland is, I don't know how many people can show up at 4.30 because, you know, work day probably. But um, that's the information. Try and get there early if Mm -hmm. you can. Um, Bundle up. It's not going to be warm if you're waiting outside to get in. And should be a cool night on Thursday night as well. Uh, Io DeSumo will be honored with his jersey what do they call it? Not retirement, are they? Uh, just honored. Honored jersey. Yeah, because they they don't retire any jerseys there. Because if they did, then they have no numbers. Well, the aisle couldn't have been number eleven because yeah. there's actually two other number elevens already in the rafters. Uh, Don Sunderledge uh, from back in the fifties, and then obviously D Brown also wore eleven. So uh, honored jersey. Uh, he will be back. Um, be his second time in two months. Yeah, so that's. In the midst of a, a very good rookie season with the Bulls. Ed Bond, our veteran engineer producer who comes up with a lot of ideas for us to talk about on these podcasts, asked us, Scott, if we could talk about the 90-day rule on testing. Okay, so this was last year's rule and, again, might apply this year. Don't know yet. Um, something Brad Underwood said was they're still trying to figure out. Um, that if you had tested positive for COVID, like, say, last year um, – like you were good, you wouldn't be mm-hmm. tested again you know, in the next ninety days. So, in theory, if that's the case, like the bulk of Illinois' roster is good, you're going to get through the end of the season. Um, don't know if that would be the case, and because there's no Big Ten rule right now, Brad Underwood sort of touched on that a little bit, evaded 
I think his real thoughts on maybe you know, everyone just kind of going willy nilly with their own own rules. Um, so like the Illinois testing policy for only testing if you're symptomatic. You said that's DIA and universe and the university itself. Um, again, not everyone's doing that. Not everyone in the Big Ten, I don't think, is doing that. So I don't. There are no rules. This is just. I mean, there are, but there aren't. And again, it's just sort of literally changing by the day, especially as you know cases just have ballooned over the last few weeks. So you're gonna have fun making your. Score prediction for Tuesday night's game is what you're telling me. <laughs> uh, no. I mean, in a normal situation, I, I pick Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota's played better basketball than anyone expected, like literally anyone, yeah. myself included. Um, but Illinois just has more talent. I just don't know, like, how good, like, that talent will be, like, how much they can play, like if they'll play, like so. Uh, I'll probably still pick Illinois just because, like in theory, better team. Um, but that doesn't mean that Minnesota couldn't get the win. I mean, we saw last night, you know, Nebraska playing Ohio State team, you know, coming off of an even longer pause, although they had, I think, a little more time to practice in there. Um, almost won at home. And Minnesota's going to have that advantage as well. And I guess we'll just all see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week because the Illinois plays Tuesday at Minnesota, then Thursday at home against Maryland, and then Tuesday again headed to, out to Lincoln, Nebraska to play the Cornhuskers. And, you know, you just don't walk into Pinnacle Bank Arena, I've heard, <laughs> uh, and, and come out with a, an easy win. No disrespect to, to Fred Hoiberg. Um, Minnesota's no slouch either. Like you said, they're 10-1. They're and one. One and one in the Big Ten. Uh, their only loss this year is a home loss to Michigan State back on December 8th. Lost 75-67. They won at Michigan. They've also picked up uh, non-conference wins at Pitt, at Mississippi State. And they're also in the same boat somewhat to Illinois in the fact that they haven't played for almost two weeks. Minnesota's last game was December 22nd, a 72-56 home win against Green Bay. They were supposed to host Alcorn State last Wednesday night in Minneapolis, but that game was canceled because of COVID issues within Alcorn State's program after Alcorn State was already in Minneapolis <laughs> yeah. for uh, the game. Man, fun So times. you're going to have a lot of a lot of rust on, on both teams because they have not played in two weeks. You're just not quite yeah. sure what Although, I mean, Minnesota, though, get. has practiced, exactly. uh, at least, and had their, their team together. Um, the 10 Elmo players that tested positive, like in their initial... I guess five days and they were like shut down, locked down mm-hmm. in their apartments. And even in the five days after that, with your mask wearing, like they're not doing a lot. Cause even if you're, even if you're in day six, doesn't mean you're feeling mm-hmm. well enough to, to practice or play. Um, should be interesting in Minnesota, but yeah, kind of a strange Minnesota team. Like, They've got one guy. Name me three players on Minnesota's roster. Well, see, I mean, I can do that. Yeah, I can't. I mean, <laughs> Bobby can't. Jackson. No. Um, I could, Sam not. Jacobson. That's former Gophers. Uh, Jamison Battle, Peyton Willis, Eric Curry. There you go. Isn't uh, Eric Curry like in his ninth year of eligibility? Um, at least five, if not 
if not six. I don't know. He's been there a while, but he was the what? He he became a grad assistant, right? Well, cause, yeah, he was going to be done because he just yeah. been his career just so many injuries, but he changed his mind and felt healthy enough, and he's going to he played one more year. But he's also the only player on the roster that played any minutes for Minnesota last season because <laughs> they have another guy, um, Isaiah Ennen, who played last year, but he's out for the season with an injury, and then literally everyone else is new. But they also have a, don't they have a boomerang transfer? Yeah, Peyton Willis is a boomerang transfer, and like because he Explain played a boomerang transfer for those. It's one of my familiar. new favorite concepts. Um, Peyton Willis, let's see, he actually started his career at Vanderbilt, then transferred to Minnesota um, when Ben Johnson, now coach, was an assistant under Richard Pitino. That's why he came back. Um, then transferred to Charleston last year, um, and then boomeranged, came back to the Gophers for one more season to play in the point for them um doing his best marcus Carr impression averaging 16 points four assists four rebounds uh it's playing really well um but yeah it's all all transfers and like some freshmen on that roster one of the stranger things in college basketball uh illinois not ranked again the associated press top 25 came out about an hour ago before we started recording this and uh illinois if they had a top 26 Illinois would be ranked, but be they not. Don't, they don't do that. Illinois um, is still the first team listed and the others receiving votes this week, Scotty. And they picked up two more points, went from 74 to 76. So that means something. Um, and they're close. And I think maybe if they would have played, I I don't I mean, Florida uh, A&M wasn't going to Yeah, how much weight is they win against Florida A&M? I think just playing, though, might be, oh, Illinois won. I give them all vote for him. Uh, so, you know, if they win Tuesday, in Minnesota, Thursday at home against Maryland, one would think they might break into the top twenty-five. Maybe two quality wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. They'd but be four and zero in Big Ten play. They would be. That's a, and you know the Big Ten title is what Illinois is chasing. So the fact that you know this Minnesota game was not forfeit, kind of a big deal. Well, hopefully uh, everyone was able to read Sunday's News Gazette and see Scott take a deep dive into the Big Ten. How many categories did you have? Ten? At ten. It was only, I think, only like 3,400 words. <laughs> only. So, you know, just, just a carve out a chunk of your day. Typical <laughs> typical Scott Ritchie day, everyone. That's, that's just what he does. I did do it all in one day. Yeah. Um. What is your overall big picture assessment of the Big Ten as we crank up league play and Illinois gets underway with a don't I say daunting just because we're not sure what the heck is going to play out these next two months at all in regards to the season and the pandemic and all everything that might happen. But starting Tuesday night, uh, Illinois slated to play eighteen. Big Ten games in the next 62 days, featuring a whole bunch of travel to various parts of the country. Every corner of the Big Ten. Yes. Um, I mean, I think their goal is still certainly on the table. And, I mean, the Big Ten as a whole, I think it's been fine for the first two months of the of the season. Um, Michigan, clearly the biggest disappointment in the league. Uh, one of the bigger disappointments nationally in college basketball. Uh, lots of talent. They just can't figure it out. Um, but Purdue, 
obviously going to challenge for the Big Ten title. I mean, and Michigan could figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. they've got the talents. Like, if they can make it work, they'll be in the mix as well. But Purdue clearly going to challenge for you know Big Ten title and a number one seed, I think, in the NCAA tournament. Ohio State, um, it's not a perfect roster, but, like, if Malachi Branham can score 35 like he did against Nebraska, that'll play. Um, but EJ Liddell has been one of the better players you know, in the, the country to the first two, well, not quite two months. Um, they'll be in the mix. Illinois, but Illinois is right there. And they've got, you know, a top 10 offense and an offense that's working really well right now, you know, working the ball inside out. It, it, it starts with Kofi Coburn. I mean, you see all the three-pointers made and 18, you know, a record against St. Francis, you know, a few games ago. Just two games ago. Should have been more than that. Um, but it starts with Kofi, and he's the only player in the country to rank in the top 10 in scoring and rebounding. And he's a presence in the post, and that creates better opportunities for literally all of the shooters around him. And then maybe Andre Corbello comes back, and they'll have a guy that can you know, break down a, a defense off the dribble, which they don't necessarily have right now. And that's a, that's a bonus. That'll be an, a good addition for the program, as opposed to all of those... Illinois better without Andre Corbello people who are wrong. Um, now, I mean, he needs to play like he did last year mm-hmm. and maybe not like... He did at Marquette. Yeah, because that was rough. But I think sitting out like he maybe saw is like he doesn't have to carry the weight of this team on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And like Kofi was out in that Marquette game and he, I think he, that's what exactly what he felt. And his decision-making suffered for it. And he's gotten a chance to see like, okay, there's some dudes on this team and like... Alfonso Plummer is going to knock down a bunch of threes. Same with Jacob Grandison, same with Trent Frazier. Kofi's doing Kofi things. So I think Andre Corbello can come back and be the Andre Corbello like at the end of his freshman year. Um, so we'll be in the mix. And uh, there, there's nothing decided about this Big Ten. And like, just hopefully we get through the next couple months. You wrote about this again in Sunday's paper, but for those that haven't picked up a copy or haven't headed to AtlantaHQ.com to read your award-winning work, what's one Illinois game the rest of the way that you're really you're circling twice on the calendar for you, Scotty? Hmm. I mean, like everyone would say Michigan first. Just because of the animosity. Yeah, and I'm curious to see what that brings to State Farm Center. Um, could be interesting. Uh, but I think it's the the two Purdue games, because those are the ones that very well could determine the Big Ten champion. Uh, First one, 11 a.m. tip on a Monday morning here in Champaign in about two weeks, two weeks from now. Scotty, you'll be hopefully (laughs) sitting courtside (laughs) at State Farm Center, just second half underway. Yeah, just about, I would assume. Uh, I'm all for 11 a.m. tip-offs. On a Monday? Or any day? Any day of the week. Um, Yeah, I think it's the two Purdue games, and... They should be really good basketball games. Um, Purdue's playing at a really high level. Illinois is playing at a an equally high level. Uh, it's shown they can at times, and I think those will be good. I think it's good, too, that you just said two Purdue games because for so many seasons it seems like it's only just one game between those two schools that are about 90 minutes away. Yeah, it would make sense to play twice a year. Like, I mean, I understand like where Purdue's protected rival, so to speak, is Indiana because... They hate each other. That's why they need to come up with a trophy game for this. Yeah. The the Beef House trophy. Ed Bond <laughs> supports that decision wholeheartedly. 
everyone just gets it's it's sort of like the Stanley Cup, but then the, the cup part is just filled with rolls. In, uh, like you saw in college football with you know players dunking coaches with uh, what was it French fries or potatoes at the famous Idaho Potato Bowl or yeah. God forbid mayonnaise like they did the Shane Beamer at the I mean, Bowl. Just dump, just fill the fill a trophy of, of beef house rolls. Yeah, I mean. The mayonnaise was one thing, but then they also like clocked him in the back of the yeah, head. Yeah, that's true. The poor dude had a concussion, and he was covered in mayonnaise. It was in his pockets, he said after the end. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, I don't I, like, I'm fine with mayonnaise, but like, don't dump it on my head. Um, you'll be traveling to Minneapolis. You got a nice early morning planned on Tuesday before heading up there, Scotty, and then. Later this week, you're going to be traveling again. You're going to really be traveling here in the next two months as well. Yeah. Going to um, go down to Highland this weekend? Yeah, just as I remind you of this. (laughs) Every Illinois recruit imaginable was going to be playing in the the Highland shootout. One of the better one-day affairs Mm -hmm. of high school basketball in the state like every year. Like they They get good teams, good players, and this season so happens to be um, this chock full of some Illinois recruiting targets. You know, Kenwood's going to be there. So, you know, you've got you know, Davis Lowry and then hopefully Day-Day Ames. Um, he, he was hurt during, I'm trying to think which holiday tournament Kenwood was at. Um, he uh, he didn't play during their run. Um, who else is going to be there? Curator Notre Dame, so Cooper Koch. Uh, St. Louis Christian Academy, uh, John Bowl. He's a 7-2 center. Um Class of 2024, uh, St. Rita, of course, Merez Johnson, who's committed, and then James Brown, Jaden Reyna, and Melvin Bell, so four-fifths of their starting lineup, Illinois is after, or has a commitment from. And I forgot, um, freshman at Kenwood, Bryce Hurd. There's so many, like, so many guys Illinois offered that keeping them on the tip of my tongue can be a challenge sometimes but just a lot of teams to watch at highland uh i know they were like this was last week they were kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty in terms of tickets available but you can just like google highland shootout you'll come up with their website and you can see if there's any tickets still left they were i mean it's getting close to a sellout so uh make your move now unless they're already gone all right, Scott, I'm going to have you make your move right now as we wrap up episode 181 of Inside Atlanta Basketball. I know you picked Illinois earlier on this podcast, and you'll have a full breakdown in Tuesday's News Gazette. What score are you going with for Tuesday night's game? And again, I'm putting you on the spot here by doing this, so completely um, unfair by me. Yeah, and I'm going to go like... 80 to 73 All right. Illinois. Okay. Two made-up numbers. <laughs> <laughs> this also just gives people a sneak peek into how quickly we have to make these decisions. Sometimes we don't just spend hours upon hours dissecting the film to come up with a score prediction. So No. Yeah, I just I think it's going to be close. Yeah. Like, so, and then the numbers, like, for football. This past season, like I was like spot you were, on. Yeah, you were. a lot of the times for basketball, it, it's different. Yeah. If I can get the the margin at least somewhat correct, like I feel pretty good. If I get the game right, what is your record this year? I think I'm nine, nine and three. You're nine and three, just like Illinois. You're just, just like outside Illinois. the top twenty-five. 
yeah, of the <laughs> score prognosticators <laughs> in the country. There, yeah, we definitely do keep track of. Yeah, all of we that. don't. We don't at all. All right, Scotty. Safe travels to Minneapolis. Safe travels to Highland. Stay warm. Stay protected. I will be wearing my mask. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Inside Illini Basketball. Check out all of our coverage in the News Gazette and at IlliniHQ.com. For Scott, I'm Matt. Thanks to Ed as well. We'll be back next week.